clawing our way out of our graves to bring you your weekly dose of chaos and darkness. I'm Rexy. And I'm Lily. And this is The Morning Report. Hey, Mornings! Um, hello! <laughs> Welcome back! We, uh, it's been a while. You okay? I turned the volume up and it went up way too fast. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Lily. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good. I'm confused as all get out right now for no reason <laughs> other than I just chose to be, apparently. Well, that's okay. Ah, oh, there they are. Fine. It's Monday. <sighs> and it's been a Monday, let me oh, tell no. you. Oh, <laughs> no. What happened? Our internet was out from like 8 o'clock in the morning till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Again? Yeah. What, the de- what, is, what is with your internet? I don't know, but I had to entertain my five-year-old all by myself. For I drugged her and she took a two-hour nap. Hey! <laughs> so, I got two hours of peace and quiet, but the rest of it was... <laughs> and then I got a very important letter for Amelia in the mail, and half of it was for her and half of it was for a classmate and so I texted the classmate's mom and I was like hey when you get home could you please check your mail (laughs) to see if you have my other half you know if we can come (laughs) together and complete this package (laughs) that would be great and so she's like well our mail doesn't come until like five or six and I was like I guess I can wait all day (laughs) so I did it was only like three out four, three and a half hours. But now, so. do you do you have both sides, both halves of your packet? No, not yet. I have not met up with her yet. Okay. <laughs> so, I one hundred percent forgot that I read part one of this. I know. I've noticed. <laughs> totally forgot. So it was a bit of a surprise. Um, Comfort is Darryl... not a thing that I can do today, apparently. Huh? said comfort is not a thing that I could do today. No. Give up. It's just not. <laughs> the it's crickets, not today. The crickets on the desk. I got cords everywhere. Ugh, I'm not messing I, with it right now. Cords stress me out. So I'm just whatever. I'll just be touched weirdly by some cords. I don't like it. I don't like well, it. Well, I'm not gonna like it in about 10 <laughs> minutes. So, uh, before we get back to part two of Voynich and wrap up whatever we know about that, you have a new story. <sighs> okay. High school golfer, Happy Gilmore, no really, officially saw signs with Ball State. <laughs> I Blooming- love it. That's his real name, not a nickname? That's his, that's his real name. Okay. Bloomington South senior Happy Gilmore was destined to have success on a golf course. Yes, that's his real name. And on Wednesday, he signed his national letter of intent to play D- Division One college golf at Ball State. Where is that? I have no idea. Okay. Um, oh, I should read. I can't research. I'm reading. His yeah, first- you read. That's why Leo's here. He's here to research while you read. So his real first name is Landon, but he started going by Happy as a nickname when he was about six and started playing in golf tournaments. Oh, okay. Okay. 
As a junior, Gilmore finished T7. I don't know what that means. I don't know golf that well. I don't either. At the Indiana High School Boys Golf State Tournament in June, shooting even par over 36 holes at a Prairie View Golf Club. Sure. Leo says it's in Munchie, Indiana. Oh, and it's tied for seven. Thank you. Oh, okay. Okay. So he won his regional the week before in Country Oaks in Montgomery. Rumors are even Shooter McGavitt is worried about when Happy gets to the tour. <laughs> that's cute. So that's it. And, it, and Ball State tweeted out, um, signed, like he signed his letter of intent and Happy has found his home. Oh, that's cute. That's very yeah, feel good. I like it's it. It's a very good, it's a short little story and I'm going to put this in somewhere. I don't see, fuck, man, <laughs> everything is weird and confusing. I did send that to you. Okay. Oh, Are you, you're still reading, right? I'm not going to have to read again. Yep, I'm still reading. <laughs> I'm still reading. I have it pulled up. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me get back to part two. Shut up, Leo. <laughs> okay. We are just going to jump right into part two of Voynich, um, and we'll see what happens. It's anything like it has been so far. I'm going to be even more confused by the end of this. I just do to my hair. Hang on. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> oh Jesus, help us all. That's better. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Back to back to the Voynich manuscript. Okay, so when we left off uh with part one, we had been talking about um some of the history and what we knew so far. And so now we are going to go into part two. And before, as usual, we don't know what this is. Yeah. Before you get too far. I did a lot of research on this, and it doesn't look like Sir Bacon is related to Kevin Bacon, because I had to know that. Uh, okay. It doesn't look like they are. Just I, so you know. I, I mean, are you sure it's not like a great, 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 Look, I even watched an episode uh, on, P was it PBS, of uh, Know Your Roots or whatever their genetic show is, and he didn't come up on that. But he and Carrie Sedgwick are like sixth cousins or something. Who's that? His wife. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so there you go. All right, please go. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to build off of the history at the end of the last episode. If you have not watched or listened to part one of Voynich, please go listen to part one. It will make whatever comes next make more sense. Are you sure? <laughs> I think so. Because the first part didn't make a ton. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I don't know very much. So, alchemy and cryptography are central to the mystery of the Codex. Alchemy gets a bad rap, and it's called pseudoscience. But alchemy actually was very essential in figuring out what not to do with chemistry and pharmacology. After Rudolph and his court doctor, who was very accomplished at making drugs, had zero luck in translating or decoding it, an alchemist named George Barish spent basically his whole life trying to decode the book. The book made the rounds between lots of European... Uh, I lost my place. Where'd it go? Scholars. 
Scholars. European scholars. scholars. There it is. They do lots of European scholars. <laughs> you are having. This is why I read along. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Um, Europe was having a cryptography revolution in the 14 and 1500s, building on the ciphers of Egypt, Mesopotamia, and India. Greek and Chinese stenography, Julius Caesar's shift cipher, and Islamic codebreakers. Leo, what is Julius Caesar's shift cipher? Uh, even Mary, Queen of Scots, conspired through encoded letters to have her rival Queen Elizabeth I killed so that she could take the throne. Mary was beheaded for all of her trouble after the code was broken. Jesus. Chop, chop. So, while George Barish had the Voynich manuscript, a German polymath named Athanasius Kircher learned about it and wanted to crack. He was basically the smartest guy around at the time and a real renaissance man. He was the first European... Europe... Europe <laughs> can't say it. <laughs> European, he was the first European to make breakthroughs in translating Egyptian hieroglyphs, and so a lot of his colleagues urged him to decipher the Voynich manuscript. So from this point, there are two different stories. Either Barish refused to send it to Kircher because he was jealous and wanted to be the one to crack the code, or after years of trying, Barish sent it to Kircher because Kircher might be the only one who could figure it out. Either way, when Barish died, Kircher got his hands on it, and for some reason, we don't know much about what Kircher was able to figure out after he took the Codex with him to Rome in 1665. But it's assumed he didn't really have any luck either. But what if he did have a lot of luck, and there's just another book out there that we've all accepted? Oh. And it's I mean, really maybe. The... Or maybe he just didn't tell anybody. My brain was not made for this today. <laughs> Okay. So, oh, Leo says the Caesar shift cipher is where you choose a number, let's say three. So in the alphabet, you would shift three places to get the letter oh, you want I... to decode. Oh, okay. So A would be D, B is E. I C knew is that. That's cool. I've never heard of it before. I mean, that, that makes sense. Like, um, the way it works. Okay. So for over 200 years, the trail went cold on what happened with the book. It's believed that it was hidden away at the college in Rome where Kircher was a professor and where Voynich bought the book in 1912. Since then, countless attempts to decipher it have all been, have all been unsuccessful. Even Alan Turing, the man who broke the Nazi Enigma code in World War II, wasn't able to translate it. Voynich was always interested in cracking the code, but always was looking to sell the book and he set a steep price for it. No one was willing to buy it at his price, so he held on to it until he died in 1930, and his wife, Ethel, followed suit until she died in 1960. Their friend donated, donated it to Yale University in 1969, where it's been ever since. That's neat. So you can still, like, go go see it. I think, didn't we read that, like, you can't touch it, though? Like, they have it behind glass, and they just open... Isn't it made of skin? Or is that another book? The Necronomicon is made of skin. Right? Have I just spit all of this time? Oh no, it's calf skin. Oh, okay. Okay, so it is skin. Okay, so it's skin. 
Scholars of every language have combed through and found nothing definitive. Modern day computer analysis hasn't uncovered anything and it's even been run through AI and still nothing. Some think they figured it out, but according to them, it will take years to see if their decryption works. For anyone thinking they should just run it through Google Translate, somebody legitimately already has. Somebody thought they recognized Hebrew letters in the text, and so they Googled those letters. Even though they did actually get some results, Hebrew, Hebrew scholars say that the translation wasn't even close. Okay. This is wild, like, for so many hundreds and hundreds of years, and nobody. nobody well, what if it, it was just some, like, schizophrenic bipolar crazy person and it was just their mental ramblings and even in english sometimes those don't make sense and it wasn't ever meant to really be decoded it was just ramblings yeah it's somebody's secret yeah. diary and we're not supposed Ooh. to know yeah because they wrote it in language only they know yeah so rolling with that theory here's some more theories about the book as stated before Wilfred Voynich believed the book was from the 1200s. He was convinced that Roger Bacon had written it, ironically even calling it the Roger Bacon Manuscript. And so, Voynich also thought the text was enciphered by him, or so were led to believe. Some think that Voynich, a rare and antique book dealer, would have had the knowledge to pull off the fate. And Voynich knew a one-of-a-kind book by Roger Bacon would sell for a fortune. A lot of people counter with the fact that Voynich wouldn't have known about carbon dating since it wasn't invented until 1946. And so he wouldn't have known to use old parchment. But again, because he dealt in old books, he definitely would have known he needed animal skin or papyrus like what would have been used in Bacon's time. The real problem would have been in finding enough old material to produce a fake that would pass as being from the 1200s. The only real proof of it not being a hoax by Voynich is the existence of a letter talking about the manuscript from 1662 between George Barish and Athanasius Kircher. This letter was found in 1999, so one would assume if this letter was also a forgery by Voynich, he would have made sure it surfaced before he died so that he could reap the benefits. Oh, Leo says if you wear gloves, you can touch it. So based on handwriting analysis, it is believed that at least two different people wrote the text, possibly up to five, in a language that has been dubbed Voynichese. There are 20 to 25 distinct letters, and the letters are said to look like ancient versions of ancient virgins. <laughs> Those ancient virgins. <laughs> ancient virgins from Germany... <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> not, not the German virgins. <laughs> Damn you, German virgins. <sighs> okay, okay. The letters are said to look like ancient versions of German, Latin, or Hebrew. On top of that, cunning linguists believe that Voynichese follows rules like other languages do. They believe if the language is made up, somebody really knew what they were doing. Told you. It's a secret society, and there's five people that just sit around and have combined all these languages into one, and it's their secret 
society book. That's not a bad theory. I think it's a fun theory. Still, it's unclear if the text is an encrypted known language or if the words are just full of nonsense letters, which were encoded and paired with the codebook that has been lost to history. With so many owners who were well-educated and connected to those who practiced alchemy and cryptography, who knows how many different ways it's been messed with since it was created. There's also the possibility that whatever language it really is, that language has been forgotten and the hopes of ever understanding it are gone. What if you need an ancient German virgin? Like, what if that's the only person that can read it? Ah, then I <laughs> don't know how we're going to get that. Like, how ancient are we talking? And Exactly. Like, if they have to be alive, that poses an even bigger problem. Because ancient plus alive doesn't seem like it's a good mix. Necromancy. <laughs> yeah. That's where the Necronomicon comes into play. That's where the other skin book. Ooh, I didn't like that sentence at all. <laughs> the other skin book. Let's move along from that and go to more out there theories. So there's one that suggests that the text is made up of words spoken in tongues, which are words spoken as they come to mind as if hearing voices that are divinely inspired or otherwise. Some might also call it gibberish nonsense. Edward Kelly, the scam artist who might have swindled Emperor Rudolph, was known for going into trances where he claimed he could speak to angels and scribes wrote down what they heard the best that they could. Another theory says that the words you can see with the naked eye are gibberish, but that there are words in Greek that you can read with a microscope. When did we start introducing microscopes into this? <laughs> I, I feel like it, I mean, if this thing's from the 12, did we have microscopes in the 1200s? Who's writing that small, though? Right? And how? How writing that small? A different theory about words hidden in the text apparently reveals who the author is, and that the author is OG Renaissance man himself, Leonardo da Vinci. That makes the most sense. It does, though. Yeah, that, I mean, he did so much stuff before his time. That makes so much sense. Uh, on top of being a know-it-all, he could paint or draw with one hand and write with the other. He developed his own form of abbreviated writing, plus learned to put his notes in mirror writing, which is like what ambulances do, but without the mirror. It's believed he did this to hide his ideas from the idea thieves and from the Catholic Church who might have been salty about his science. Leo and, says that microscopes were invented in oh, 1590. Uh, so it couldn't have been either. It wasn't from the 1200s or they didn't use a microscope. Or somebody just automatically knew how to write really tiny. Or time travel. Elves. Fairies. Aliens. Pixies. Something. Yeah. And last but not least, because the language has never been figured out and the star charts depict completely unknown constellations, some think it was made by an alien from another part of the universe. You just... I go with aliens. Aliens make sense. Much sense than anything else, right? It's either Da Vinci or aliens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of those two. I'm absolutely positive. That's it. Da Vinci <laughs> or aliens. Yep. This is going to devolve really quick. If you choose. What do you guys think it was? Was it Da Vinci or was it aliens? 
games? Let us know. Please tell us. Nobody suggests that Da Vinci was an alien, though. I've already been down that that route just now. <laughs> no, but what if he was? What do you see? That's another episode, maybe. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> Especially if I can hold on to this mindset, it should be a whole other episode. <laughs> Oh, oh Liam no, says, I was trying to do six degrees of separation between Roger and Kevin. Best I could do is Francis Bacon to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, I got the Francis Bacon. But that was just, yeah. Yeah, that's as far as it goes. That's as far as it goes. That's, that's, where, that's where the six degrees cuts that's off. It, it's over. <laughs> so... What are you gonna what are you gonna do this week? What'd you do over the weekend? Anything? What you been up to? So it's fighting with your internet. What is this? I don't know. Hold it up. It's it's glitter vinyl, iron on vinyl, but what did I cut? Because what I cut out of this I ironed onto a t-shirt, but why do I have a another thing cut out? Hmm. This is what I do. This is yeah. what I've done. Okay. I'm confuzzled. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um I don't know. I don't think I have plans for this weekend yes. or this week. I know that my kids are at, my kid is out of school. You got to work? The, yeah, I got to work. Are you guys open on Thanksgiving? No. That's good. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. We keep talking about maybe going camping, but it kind of depends on the weather. It's kind of cold and rainy right now. And I don't want to go be miserable. We'll see. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, oh. I mean, we've got, we're doing family Thanksgiving later, like the first week of December, with Steve's side of the family. Okay. You do Christmas with them too? I don't know. I, that's way too far in advance. I can't even begin to think about Christmas. Do you guys not have like a, oh, this is the way it goes every year kind of? No. Okay. Because my family doesn't have a central home and it sure as shit ain't gonna be my house. <laughs> okay. No. Not I'd have that's way too no. Uh so we don't have a central hub and we just kinda play it by ear and I got figure out what everybody's tired. doing. I I don't know, I'll let you know what we did next week. Maybe. Uh, I don't know what else to do. I don't either. Okay, I think... <laughs> I feel like I think... if we keep talking, it's just going to devolve into something weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then I think that uh, this is for the morning report. <laughs> it's the morning report. <laughs> I love you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>